You're listening to the From the Hack Curling Podcast, part of the Curling News and Sports Illustrated Partnership. Hi, everyone. My name is Frank Rock, and welcome to part three of the From the Hack Podcast preview of the 2021 Canadian Olympic Curling Trials. In part three, our focus switches over to the women's trials. Our guests include two-time reigning Scottish champion Carrie Anderson, 2018 Olympian Emma Miskew of Team Homan, Tracy Fleury, whose team enters the trials on quite the hot streak. Krista McCarvel, whose team from Thunder Bay always seems to find its way into the playoff picture at national events. Kelsey Rock, making her debut in a national women's event a few years removed from ending her legendary junior career. And Kate Cameron, the third for reigning Alberta champs, Team Walker. My first guest is Kerry Anderson, skip of the two-time reigning Scottish champs who entered the trials as one of the favorites after earning Canada's spot in the Olympics at a roller coaster Women's Worlds last spring. Kerry, you likely did not like going through it at the time, but how important may have been the roller coaster that was the Women's Worlds for your team last year to help you prepare for the spotlight and pressure of being one of the favorites at the Canadian trials? Uh, definitely having that experience last year, uh, wearing that maple leaf on our back, uh gives us that uh what that pressure felt like and to help Canada get that Olympic spot so um I know it wasn't the outcome that we wanted but um I know that uh we gave it our all and um we represented Canada well and wore that maple leaf with pride now, what did you learn about yourself and your team during the bubble last year, Carrie, a time where you in particular were away from home for the better part of two months? I definitely learned that uh, we can overcome any obstacle that is thrown at us. Um, it was very challenging being in that bubble, and I think we uh, did an amazing job and challenging that and being away from our families was difficult for us. So, um uh, definitely patience and uh, there were so many different things uh, thrown at us that we had to adjust to and uh, I think that was uh, um, really helped uh, our team and uh, be- made us become even stronger than we um, were before. Now your team has experienced a lot over the past couple of seasons Kerry but Val Sweeting remains the only member of your team to have played in a trials before. What if anything has Val Sweeting told you and the other ladies about the pressure of the trials? Um, we haven't really went over that uh, too much uh, but uh, we've all been in big events so we know what it takes and what we need to bring to the table to uh, to win. So um I know it seems so weird that we have not been at a trials. Um, actually, the two other girls thought I've been. They're like, well, you've been to the trials, you and Val. And I was like, no, definitely not. And they're like, what? <laughs> I was like, this is a new thing for all, all us three. So, uh, but yeah, definitely uh, Val having that experience and being there will uh, help us. Now your season has been a mixed bag so far when it comes to results. Carrie, how confident are you and the ladies heading into the trials in Saskatoon? Um, it might not be the start that we wanted to our season or even expected, but um, what I'm seeing is is great, but uh, we just aren't getting those uh, lucky breaks and um, and teams are playing really well against us. So we know that we just need to step it up and be firing on all fours, which we haven't been doing just yet. Um, but I know everyone is throwing the rock really well and we're uh, getting, we just have, yeah, haven't had any breaks. So uh, hopefully that will change uh, next week. That's got to be a little comforting though, right, Carrie? Knowing that you're playing well and not getting the breaks is much better than going into the trials and not really feeling it. Yeah, so we're just uh, being patient, uh, staying with the process, and uh, uh, just keep doing our thing, and uh, don't worry so much about the outcome. Now, your team has had a heck of a cycle despite everything. Does that put additional pressure on your team to close a deal as they were and win that spot in the Olympics, or are you in a position now where you'll be satisfied with your cycle, regardless of what happens in Saskatoon, and build on it in the next cycle? We've had an amazing uh 
amazing few years together and it's really been unbelievable but um I heard definitely our goal has been when we threw this team together was to represent Canada at the Olympics so um it would definitely be a very big disappointment um but that's just how curling goes sometimes but I'm hoping that uh we'll put it together for the the trials and come out firing and um yeah that's been all of our dreams so we're gonna just push through that Outside of playing in the most recent slam, how has your team been preparing for the trials, uh, Carrie? Uh, we, the girls and I have been throwing quite a bit together uh, this past week, and um, we uh, leave on Wednesday, and we're going to have a few good team practices before uh, the pre-event practice starts on Friday, I believe. We often hear Skip say that they only worry about their rocks and not the opponent's rocks, but I'm wondering if you keep either a written or mental log of the other teams that you'll be playing at an event like the Trials, knowing the type of game they like or don't like to play, and do you actually try to exploit that during games, or do you simply react to what happens in any given end like elite curlers would like to have us believe? I'm more of the player that just reacts from shot to shot. Um, yeah, I have that banked away if I ever need it. But uh, if there's any weaknesses in the other team, or uh, we go over that. But um, but that weakness might not come out in that game. So you just don't know. So you just play it by ear. That's how I do it anyway. Now, your first game at the Trials of Carry is going to be against Tracy Flurry, a team that has had your number a little bit this season. I know that the stock answer you hear from curlers is uh, that they don't really care when they play any team at a big event like the Trials, but considering how well Team Flurry has been playing lately and also considering your struggles against them this season, would you have preferred playing a game or two before you went up against them in the uh, biggest event of the season? I'm good to play them right off the start. Um, I know every single game that we've had with them, we haven't played stellar. So, and we've always been in it. So I know um, it was really just one shot here or there that uh, made those games. So uh, just making sure that uh, we capitalize on our opportunities. So I'm asking each of the uh, guests that I'm having for interviews on the uh, preview for the trials that carry answer a couple of behind-the-scenes questions. And the first one I've been asking is, uh, are you taking a fifth uh, to the uh, trials in Saskatoon? And if so, who will that be? For our fifth, we have uh, Kristen Karwaki again. She's uh, coming back on board. Um, we loved having her at Worlds so, uh, and the Scotties, so it'll be great to have her back on the bench. And uh, finally, uh, Carrie, the other question I've been asking at the end of these interviews is uh, whether you're going to be staying at a hotel or at an Airbnb in Saskatoon. I know that at the trials in Ottawa, there were several teams staying at a hotel and also several teams that had uh, rented Airbnbs for the week. Usually at uh, other events, we do an Airbnb because we like to cook our own meals and things like that. And for the long ones too. But for this, we um, are staying at the hotel and everyone gets their own rooms. Um, but I believe because of Curling Canada and how all that works that the players uh, basically have to stay at the, the hotel. My next guest is Tracy Fleury, who is coming off a difficult season where she had to take time away from the team only to come back this season and lead them to one slam title and an appearance in another slam final. Tracy, it's got to feel good for you and the team that you're heading into the biggest event of the quadrennial, uh, playing better than any other team in uh, Canada so far this season, having reached the final of both slams and winning one of them. Yeah, it definitely gives us a lot of confidence heading into the trials. This has been our best season by far, and I think we just really missed playing last season, and um, we're just really grateful to be back out there, and it's really motivated us. Uh, Tracy, athletes playing at the elite level tend to be very focused on the sport and often feel like wins and losses, especially at big events, are like life and death. Last year, you gave birth to a daughter and there were complications after she was born. Not that you ever want to go through something like that, but I'm guessing it has put curling into its proper perspective for you, right? Yes, definitely a lot of perspective um, and you you learn really quick not to worry about small stuff for sure. And when you've been through something tough like that, um, it, curling feels easy. <laughs> um, yeah, so perspective, definitely. Now, at the start of this cycle, you made the big decision to join a team out of Manitoba after starting your career playing out of Northern Ontario. In hindsight, tell me what this cycle has been like from your perspective. Uh, I'd say our first season together was just about, um, like, building the team, learning about each other, and... Um, 
just kind of a development year and we did find some success but I'd say the year the couple years after that we've really um found our groove and we're just really comfortable playing with one another and got we've adjusted to um me being out, out of town and um we just have good systems in place and I think we, we've become really comfortable as a team so Tracy, there's a lot of pressure at the trials. I think that goes without saying. I mean, Brad Gushu referred to it a little bit earlier when I was speaking with him that every game at a trials is like a playoff game at the Briar. Now, would you have preferred facing the pressure of a trials for the first time a little bit earlier in your career? Or do you feel like it's a good thing that you're getting your first crack at the trials at an age that you're not, you're not old by any means, but you're more mature in your career, more mature as a person than you would have been had you played in your first trials at the age of 22 or 23 as an example I mean I think it would be nice to have prior experience at the trials it's just a different event and um, hard to kind of replicate that atmosphere in other competitions so I think that experience would be helpful but um, we also are very fortunate to have um, Chelsea and Sherry on our bench um, and they definitely have that experience so even though um, the four of us have never been to the trials. We've been to the pre-trials before, and then we have Sherry and um, Chelsea that uh, have that experience. So I think we can uh, draw some confidence from that. Now, you just mentioned your fifth Chelsea Carey and your coach, Sherry Madaw. Have uh, you been leaning on the two of them as you've prepared for the trials? Uh, well, we've been, we've been trying to have them, um, Chelsea and Sherry, come to some of our events. Um, uh, so that's been really helpful just to kind of uh, get in the routine that we'll have at the trials. So um, it's nice having them there um, to give uh, strategic feedback and technical feedback and um, help with a lot of the, the planning that goes into preparing for the trials. Now, Tracy, I've uh, been asking uh, the teams a couple of behind-the-scenes uh, questions, and we've already talked about your fifth. Uh, so I want to ask you, uh, at the trials in 2017, there were many teams that uh, stayed in the hotel during the trials. Others were renting Airbnbs. Uh, just wondering uh, what your team is doing in Saskatoon. We're staying at uh, the hotel for the trials. We weren't. Uh, we thought about getting a house, but we, it was hard to find one that was big enough for uh, the six of us. Um, yeah, so... Hotel it is. And finally, Tracy, I realize that you will be focused on your event at the trials, but is it safe to say that you will be peeking at the men's event every once in a while to see how your two brothers are doing? Uh, you must be a proud uh, big sister. Yeah, just super proud of them. They work so hard and they've just come some, such a long way and it's really exciting. I've seen them um, since they were just little little rockers and just seen them develop over the years and yeah, just really proud of them and it's cool that I'll be there and be able to watch and cheer them on and I think it'll be a good distraction for me as well to be able to um, not think about my competition and just be able to enjoy as a spectator a little bit I'm, I'm looking forward to cheering do they ask you for advice uh, or are they too cool to ask their older sister for curling advice <laughs> uh, we don't tend to to talk too much about it actually no <laughs> My next guest is Kelsey Rock, best known as a former World Junior and Universiad champion who is making her first appearance at the Olympic Trials. Kelsey, I'm wondering if you can talk to me about the importance of performing well and qualifying at the direct entry event in September and how relieved you were about taking care of business there as opposed to having to play pre-trials. <laughs> no, I actually think relieved is the right word. Um... Yeah, I mean, it goes without saying that the depth in Canada is just so strong. Um, and dropping to the pre-trials would have been really tough just because there was, you know, 14 really good teams and only two spots. So looking at the odds, it was it was best that we play well the week of the direct entry and hopefully get a spot there. But but again, that's that's not a guarantee either. You know, you've got five really good teams and three spots. And unfortunately, someone has to not qualify. So, um, yeah, I, I think we we definitely plan to peak for that week and it's a little different for our team because we, we played in two events. Our, our schedule was three back to back. So we played two events before we played the direct entry three weekends back to back. And I don't think a, a lot of other teams maybe would have done that, but because we've never played much together and last year was sort of a write-off, we decided that getting games in was a little more important. So we were happy with how we were performing 
by the time we got to the direct entry. So the timing actually worked out not too bad for us. Uh, Kelsey, can you talk to me about the addition of Dana Ferguson and Rochelle Brown to your team? I mean, they're well known, especially when they're on TV games, for the friendly banter that they have on the ice. But I'm just wondering what they bring to the team itself in preparing for big events, uh, whether it's a slam or, in this case, uh, the Olympic trials. Yeah, just a crazy amount of experience. I mean, they've done a lot of things that Danielle and I haven't had the opportunity um, to go to yet or, or to experience. And Dana and Rochelle bring that element forward, and, and it's awesome. And they're just so knowledgeable on the ice. I think we've really noticed a difference with that as well, just how much they bring to a team in regards to, you know, when you're throwing a draw, they tell you exactly what to throw and, and kind of, you know, put it in your hands to to make the shot because they've given you all the right info. And so so that's been awesome moving forward. And, and of course, that's, you know, their personalities speak for themselves. They're awesome to play with. And they really love the game. And I think that brings a really fun element to our team of, you know, we're laid back, but we also like to go out there and play well. And um, I think it's been great so far. Danielle Schmiemann is one of the lower-profile thirds at this year's trials. You've known her for several years now, obviously, winning uh, a World Juniors and a Universiad uh, together with her. Can you share with our audience uh, what type of player Danielle is? Uh, she also, I mean, for those who uh, may not be familiar with her at all, she did uh, very well at the mixed doubles trials last year in uh, in the bubble in Calgary, uh, playing alongside John Morris. <laughs> yeah, she had a great run in the bubble last year playing with John. So I think uh, that showed a lot of people that she's a great curler. And I think she doesn't get enough recognition for um, how well she plays and, and what she brings to, to our team uh, specifically. And yeah, I, I'm, I think that she, she can compete with a lot of those really top thirds um, that are out there. And, and like I said, I've played with her for a lot of years now and, I just really enjoy what she brings to a team. She's got a pretty calm element, and I love having her on the back end. She's knowledgeable. Um, we're really good with each other because we're not afraid to kind of speak up and say what we think, and um, we're really close friends off the ice as well, so that's nice. And, yeah, I think I think we're both really looking forward to the trials. It's our first trials t- uh, for both of us, for myself and Danielle, so we're excited to get there and experience it and uh, hopefully play well. Speaking of the World Juniors and the Universiad, uh, that's the last time that many casual curling fans would have uh, seen you play, uh, Kelsey. What has the curling journey been like for you over the past few years? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, you know, I'm really grateful for those experiences I had as a junior and getting to go to the World Juniors and same with the World Universiads, and those are great. But I feel like I've kind of turned a page now where I want to focus on women's play and I want to kind of make a name for our team in women's play now and not necessarily lean on those accomplishments as much anymore the the farther they get into the into the dust there um but yeah like starting into this olympic cycle um i started playing with basically our junior team from 2014 and we played i guess basically half the cycle together um and then covid kind of hit so we didn't play a third year um and then we had grabbed Dana and Rochelle, they'd come available. So, um, and then this is kind of our first year together playing with them. So we're, uh, we're looking forward to, I mean, we've enjoyed it thus far. We've got a season thus far and we're thankful for that. So we're excited to moving forward this year and uh, see how it goes. No, I'm just curious, Kelsey, uh, you played in the last uh, slam before uh, the trials and you uh, made a deep run there, reaching the semifinals. Uh, how important was that result for your team, uh, especially heading to a, an important event like the trials where it's awfully good to be on a roll when you get there? Yeah, for sure. That that was our event, our first event that we brought our coach, Beth Iski, with us. So it was great to have her on the bench and she brings so much to the team already and she's, you know, only been with us for one event. But so we're thankful she's with us. Um, but yeah, we had we had a great run. We played really well. Um, you know, those events are tough to qualify in. So we were happy to qualify and then finally make that jump from, you know, the quarterfinals to the semifinals. And uh, yeah, so we gained a lot of experience playing there. We We worked on a lot of things. We've got things moving forward. We want to work on when we go into the trials and yeah, we're happy where we're at right now. And it just comes down to next week and needing to perform. Now I'm just wondering, uh, you and Danielle have never played in the trials, uh, but uh, Dana and Rochelle have, I'm just wondering if the two of them have shared anything with you and Danielle to help prepare you uh, for the uh, pressure cooker. That is the Canadian Olympic trials. 
Yeah, they've definitely talked to us a bit about um, kind of what to expect once we get there. And I think for the most part, what they've just told us is it's an event like you basically never seen before. It's, you know, everyone's pretty tight. There's a lot of tension. Everyone's aware of what's on the line, I think. And, and I wouldn't expect anything less. I think going in, you know, there's every team there wants to win. And, and yeah, similar to what you said, Brad would have said, like, every game really matters. It's not a super long round robin. And you know, a couple losses and you might be out of the picture. So yeah, I, they've given us a little bit uh, in regards to what we should expect with the environment. But other than that, I think we're just going to go in there and embrace it and um, use it as an experience uh, and kind of go, go with it as we're there. Now, obviously, Kelsey, teams at your level enter each event with an eye towards winning. Uh, that said, these will be the first Olympic trials for you and Danielle, as we mentioned a moment ago. Are you approaching these trials with the mindset uh, that winning is certainly the goal, but at the very least, the experience of playing under the spotlight and pressure of the trials will give the two of you something to build on in the next quadrennial? Yeah, it's exactly what you said. It goes it goes without saying when, you know, you don't you don't know what it's like to be in a final until you're in a final and and so on and so forth. So I think we're looking forward to going there and like I said, really embrace the experience and, and learn with every game. I think we take that mindset into every event we play in. It's just learning and getting better with every game and and uh, you know, kind of taking the a little bit of the underdog role, um, for sure. Because it is our first trials and, and we're we're there to learn and to get better and of course to play well. And um, I think we can have a good week if we play well. And yeah, so we're, we're looking forward to it as a team. So Kelsey, I've been asking all of my guests uh, for this year's uh, trials preview, a couple of behind the scenes questions. Uh, the first one is, uh, are you bringing a fifth to the trials with you? And if so, who will that be? Yeah. So Beth is, is our coach. And then we are bringing uh, Stephanie Lawton as our fifth. And uh, finally, uh, Kelsey, uh, at the trials in 2017 uh, in Ottawa, there were several teams that stayed in hotels uh, while competing, while other teams uh, rented houses or Airbnbs. Uh, just wondering what's going to be the approach for your team. Are you staying in a hotel or are you going to be doing the uh, Airbnb thing? Uh, we went the hotel route this time. My next guest is Kate Cameron of the reigning Alberta champions, Team Walker, who will be appearing in her second consecutive trials. Team Walker showed a lot of grit and resilience at the Scotties last spring, and Cameron believes they can offer a similar performance in Saskatoon. Kate, your team qualified for the trials by winning the third and final spot available at the direct entry event held in September. How important was it for your team to get the trial spot out of the way at that event and avoid the pre-trials? It must have helped settle your schedule a little bit as well uh, for this part of the season. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, our schedule was completely up in the air until going to that point. We kind of had a, a plan A, which was if we got our direct spot, kind of what we wanted October and November to look like. And then, of course, obviously, if we hadn't got that spot in Ottawa, um, adding a bunch more into our travel plans in October and then, you know, having a couple of week turnaround before having to go to the trials should we have been successful at the pre-trials. So, yeah, most definitely, I think, for planning purposes and kind of a little bit of R&R, um, it was very crucial for us to get our spot in Ottawa. Um, I think we had we had done what we had, had to do in September to kind of peak for that event. And, you know, we did start training early. We started at the end of August, and, and we kind of all gave it as much as we could going into that event to kind of make sure that was the outcome. So, yeah, definitely very crucial that we got our spot there. So, Kate, during most normal seasons, uh, the top teams try to peak in time for the Provincials and then the Scotties. I'm just wondering how difficult it was for your team to uh, peak for the um, peak for the Olympic trials, which is a couple of months earlier than you would typically peak in any other season. Yeah, I think that was definitely the most busy um, end of August, beginning of September that I've had in quite some time. Um, I think a little bit uh, extra challenging for our team just because Nadine was still on maternity leave as well. So we kind of, we needed to ensure we could peak, but we also needed a player who could easily slot in for her and, and help us achieve those goals. So luckily we had Heather Rogers on hand who, who fit in pretty seamlessly. So we were pretty fortunate there, but uh, definitely um, usually you start your kind of August and September on the ice getting pretty, getting practices in, but, you know, we have one player that lives in Calgary. I live in Manitoba. Two of the girls are in Edmonton. So I think the biggest commitment was being together and we spent a ton of time together in September. I moved out 
to Edmonton for a couple of weeks and kind of we just focused on training and getting as much time in as we could, both technically with our mental coach and then just on ice and, and reps together after being, you know, kind of apart from one another for the past year and a bit other than playing in the bubble. Now, your team showed a lot of grit and resilience in qualifying for the semifinal game at the Scotties last spring in the Calgary bubble, Kate. How important was that event to help reassure your team that you truly belonged at the elite level and that you are certainly a threat at national events such as the Scotties and the trials? Yeah, I mean, I think we always thought of ourselves as contenders. I think what other people kind of thought of our team was up to them. And I think, you know, we're all a little bit younger, um, but, uh, you know, throughout our lineup we have a ton of experience in different aspects of the game and I think we all knew we could compete and I think uh, we just really gave it our all and committed as much as we could even though there was a pandemic going on we were doing as much behind the scenes as we could sure we couldn't be together in person but we were having weekly or bi-weekly meetings throughout the entire pandemic with our sports psychologist uh, as a foursome kind of plans going forward pandemic changes and kind of all these new regulations that were thrown at us I thought we did really uh, well at managing kind of everything that came our way so I think we were very prepared um, and only really had to focus on curling come that bubble because we had done everything we could off ice to kind of really make sure that we were prepared and I think having that long break um, from not being able to compete obviously we were feeling you know the best that we felt in a while Laura had a baby but other than that like I think you know, injuries had time to heal. We were all feeling in a really good headspace. Um, so I think we just felt pretty confident going in and we thought, let's just give it our all and see what happens. And, you know, it turned out pretty well. I think we, uh, we wish we could take a couple shots back in that semifinal and kind of had given ourselves more of a chance, but, uh, overall we're pretty happy with the outcome. Now, you're the one member of the team uh, who has experience at the trials having competed in Ottawa in 2017. What, if anything, have you shared with your teammates to help them prepare for the trials, which is unlike any other curling event? Um, You know, I haven't really shared anything. I think uh, this is a question that came up a lot when uh, the girls kind of got to their first Scotties as well. And people had asked kind of the same question. I think, again, we've all played in such high caliber events, whether it's uh, a junior world, whether it's a national championship, whether it's grand slams, you know, you kind of go into these with the same mindset and, and you're really not focused on the outcome. You're focused on, on day by day. You're focused on game at one game at a time, you know, uh, break it down even smaller. We're focused at one end at a time, kind of taking it step by step instead of kind of, picturing the entire outcome and putting all that pressure on yourselves. I think that that's kind of where, you know, um, teams may be at a disadvantage. So I think sure they've never been there, but there's, you prepare for this the same way that you prepare for any other large event and they've all played in them. So I, I don't think there's much information to share. I think they all know playing in front of a, a crowd is huge. Uh, we all know what's on the line. We know what, what, we could walk away with if we were successful at the event. So I, I don't think there's much to really share in that aspect. Um, we just do as much as we can with our mental coach to be ready and kind of have um, that mindset for whatever gets thrown at us this week. Now your team had a relatively solid season so far, Kate. How is the team feeling about their form heading into the trials? Yeah, we're all feeling really good. I think, uh, you know, Nadine's been back with us for just over a month now. We've been on the ice. We've had a few training weekends in the last couple of weeks. We were slammed together. Um, and we played an event in October in Calgary together. So I think we're feeling really good. We've been doing as much as we can, both on the ice and off the ice. We just got home from Calgary from a big training weekend over there. So we're taking a couple of days here to kind of just stay loose and um, get some much needed rest. And then I think we're pretty fired up and ready to rock. Now, I realize that you are approaching the trials one game, one end, one rock at a time. That said, how mindful are you about getting off to a good start at an event where three losses might not be good enough for the playoffs? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think uh, that's the main goal for us is we want to come out strong. We want to come out strong in our first game. We want to come out strong at our very first end of that game. Um, so I think really just dialing in on our uh, pre-event practices that we have on Friday across the board there on every sheet. And I think just really kind of get a feel for what's uh, what's to come. And then, yeah, make the right shot at the right time in those first couple games, getting our feet wet. And then I think uh, we can we can sit a little bit easier. <laughs> Now, Kate, how quickly during an event like the trials, a short event, in short in the sense that there is not that many round-robin games compared to a Scotty's, uh, how quickly during an event like this do you get a sense that your team might be in a groove that week or that if you're going to win the event or qualify for the playoffs, it's going to be much more of a grind? 
Yeah, I think uh, you don't really know that until you start. Obviously, you want to you wanna go in with that good vibe and kind of have everyone firing on all four cylinders. But, you know, you win some games when you dig deep, too. So I think uh, finding ways to win is crucial. And um, whether that's as a team, you could be struggling or, or one player in specific, or maybe we're all vibing and it's great. Um, but you're just really trying to get the most out of each of our teammates and just make the right shots when it matters. And hopefully we come out on the right side of that. So, Kate, I've been uh, asking all of my uh, Trials Preview guests uh, a question, a couple of questions I'm calling behind-the-scenes question. You mentioned Heather Rogers a little bit earlier. I'm just wondering if she will be joining you at the Trials at the 5th, and if not, uh, who will be? No, actually, no? Uh, Heather is uh, coaching Team Denmark uh, coming oh. up at the Olympics, so she oh, wasn't dear. able to come with us. Okay. And we kind of knew that going in, but we uh, we have Aaron Pincott from Team Karen Brown joining us. So we're uh, extremely excited for that to get to know Aaron a little bit better. And obviously she brings a ton of experience and knowledge to our team too. So definitely looking forward to it. And finally, Kate, at the uh, Olympic trials in uh, Ottawa in 2017, uh, there were several teams that stayed in hotels while other teams rented a house or stayed at an Airbnb. I'm just wondering if uh, you're a hotel team or an Airbnb team uh, this year at the uh, trials in uh, Saskatoon. We are definitely an Airbnb team. My next guest is Krista McCarville of Thunder Bay, whose team has qualified for their second consecutive trials, both times by earning their spot through the pre-trials. These perennial threats at the skies will certainly have the attention of all the other teams in Saskatoon. Uh, Chris, I heard you say in an interview you did earlier this season that skipping the Scotties last season and taking the better part of the season off during the pandemic actually rejuvenated your love for the sport of curling. Can you talk about that a little bit and about how it encouraged you to keep on uh, trucking, as it were, with your curling career? Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, I, I just find, you know, year after year, practice after practice, you start getting a little bit worn out with, you know, life and kids and teaching and curling and you know, just everything's so busy that when COVID hit, I mean, everything stopped. And um, I, I feel like I just got almost a little bit of rejuvenation in me because, you know, everything stopped and, you know, I didn't go practice as much. I wasn't, I was teaching online, you know, my kids weren't super busy. And so it just gave me the opportunity to kind of take that moment and, you know, relax and step back from the game. And, I think it just, you know, brought that fire and excitement in me this year because, you know, we've been gone from the game for so long. So, you know, before COVID hit, I felt like I didn't know really how many more years I was going to be able to do this crazy life of mine, um, you know, with teaching and family and running around with the kids activities. So, um, you know, I, I truly didn't know how much longer I would be able to do it. And, you know, like this year coming back, you know, I, I'm, I'm super excited to come back. I'm, I, I just feel like, you know, excited and fired up and ready to go. And, you know, every practice is like a happy practice instead of, oh man, I got another practice and, you know, going to, you know, we, we didn't go to too many bond spills, but the one bond spill, I was super excited to go and then super excited to go to the pre-trials and, you know, just to be back to that game that I love. I think, yeah, it was a really good thing for me to take that time off. Your team really did not play at all last season and only had one warm-up event this season before going to pre-trials. Uh, was there a part of you, Krista, that may have been a little bit apprehensive heading into the pre-trials, perhaps not knowing what type of performance your team might be able to deliver? Well, you know, heading to our first bond spill where we, we didn't do very well, we went two and two, um, I, I did feel like something was lacking there in myself. And I think just as a team, we just almost felt like a little bit of focus or I don't know, something was missing and we all kind of felt it. And then uh, we came back and we actually only had ice for two weeks before the pre-trial. So definitely a little bit uh, apprehensive feeling in, inside thinking, oh my goodness, like we haven't had too much time to practice. But, um, you know, it's a different feeling when you go to the pre-trials, the trials, the Scotties, the provincials, like any kind of play down, you just have a different intensity, a different focus and feeling inside and that's what was missing at the bond spiel but I think we cannot like our whole team could agree that you know as soon as we step on that ice at the pre-trials it was like that fire and focus and excitement of playing in a like you know major competition came back to us and I think that's what we needed you know going into that competition because we really only had those two weeks to kind of do our thing at home and practice and I mean, we did very, very well, you know, practicing for those two weeks. We worked really hard with Rick and, 
you know, the girls, um, Kendra came for a training weekend to Thunder Bay. So we did work really hard. I, I think we did as much as we could in two weeks. Um, but yeah, I just, it's a different feeling going out, you know, playing in an arena and the, the ice and the lights and, you know, the cameras, like it's, it's just such a different feeling. You know, as we've discussed a lot in the past, uh, Krista, you, your team doesn't typically play a busy schedule. And you've told me in the past that uh, you build your seasons around Provincials and Scotties. I'm wondering how hard it was uh, for your team to set yourselves up to peak about two months earlier than you typically do during the curling season, especially after you not having played much last season at all. Yeah, well, we basically this year we said we kind of have two seasons going on. Um, you know, we want to make our run in the Olympics. And, you know, if that doesn't happen for us, then we're going to have to kind of regroup and kind of play the second part of our year. And, um, you know, we don't even really want to think about provincial Scotties, any of that yet, because we're obviously still in the mix of the Olympics. Um, you know, that dream of ours. Um, so yeah, basically like, I, I mean, we know that we need to work hard and we know that, you know, the, the, the opportunity to play in the Olympics is there. Um, but again, like, yeah, because we don't play very much, we just have to do the things that we know how to do best at home. And I think that's where Rick is amazing with us because he is, he, he knows what to do, right? Like we don't spiel very much. So he knows the things that we need to do and we need to work on. And we did some off-ice sessions, you know, looking at games and um, looking at some of our old games and maybe some strategy that we could improve on and, you know, just working really hard and and not really focusing on, you know, the later part of our year possibly, but just focusing and, and doing everything we possibly can early on this year. And I think that's what we've done. Now I hear from many curlers, Chris, uh, just how important it is for them to get reps during the season. Yet here you are a team that plays a limited schedule and you always seem to qualify for the trials and the Scotties. And you're usually in the mix at playoff time. What is it that allows your team to remain competitive despite playing so few events in any given season? Yeah, I, Honestly, I think number one is our hard work and dedication to practice. And we have extremely mindful practices. We don't go out there and just shoot rocks. We go out there and like make shots and, and, you know, like early in the year, we definitely do our technical, but, you know, even by now we're done kind of with the technical part of it and just, you know, really bear down, work hard at those practices. We have, you know, we, we practice a lot. We do, we, we don't take too many days off. We, work really hard our weekend sessions are a couple hours like we definitely dedicate a lot of hard work and effort um, to make a mindful practice for us can you speak to how different the vibe is at the trials uh krista compared to even the scotties it certainly seems like the tension is at a high level from the first draw on at the trials i mean i was there in ottawa in 2017 and it's palpable when you're at ice level yeah i mean like for us obviously the scotties is like our our biggest goal and um typically we don't go super hard to get points you know for the pre-trials or the trials that's just something that you know because we don't travel as much we just seem to always squeak into the pre-trials and then again we take it kind of like the competition and and you know give it our all because we have that shot um but yeah I mean like when you step on that ice it's just it's a different feeling inside that you know, comes out, I think, in every single curler. And, you know, there is a lot of stress involved, especially for those top teams that are like, you know, just, just, you know, right there to win it. And uh, it does cause a lot of stress. And I think however you deal with that stress is going to show in your performance. And, and, you know, like the best team out there is going to be the team that can mentally handle it and play their best. So, I mean, it could be very stressful and, and it, it could be a good stress as well. Like, I think it's a great stress. Um, curling's always been one of those things that, you know, sometimes we think, oh, my goodness, like, we're so nervous. Why do we put ourselves through this? Well, we love it, right? Like, it's, it's what we play for. And, and I think that's why our team is, you know, really good at staying relaxed and, and just kind of taking it one game at a time and having fun and, and living life to the fullest with our competitions instead of taking that stress and being negative with it. Your team has a familiar uh, figure on the bench with you uh, helping your ladies, uh, you ladies at the events such as the trials and, of course, when you're at the Briar. Tell me about having Rick lying around to help guide your team and uh, how important he is during events like this with all of his experience. 
Yeah, obviously, you know, like Rick is probably one of the best coaches out there in the whole entire world. And we're so lucky to have him. Um, he just, I mean, he know he knows us so well. Like I've, he's been my coach for a really long time. I mean, his daughter's on the team. He knows the other girls. He's been coaching Ashley for years and, you know, longer than he was, he's been coaching me, but I mean, he just knows our team so well. And, and the things he does with us in practice is probably the best thing about him because he just knows what we need to work on. He knows, maybe where we're lacking a little bit and he knows all those little details about our team and about us that push us to get to that next level. Um, and I mean, that's, and, and during our competitions, like he sees every single little thing that's going on in that ice and, you know, nothing can be passed by him. If, if we're lacking in energy, he, you know, he tells us like, if we're, you know, maybe struggling with our interns, outturns, he notices absolutely everything. So, you know, in a competition, like he's going to pull out and tell us what we're doing wrong. But when we come back home, you know, after say a bond spiel and he sees things like he's going to really work hard with us to pick out what's going wrong with us and try to fix it. And that's something he has, like he's magical that way. Like he just, he has that talent and he just knows how to, to be the, one of the best coaches out there. And it's pretty amazing what he does with, I think not just our team, but, Helping other teams out, I think he's he's unbelievable with what he does. And finally, Krista, I can't let you go without asking you to comment about the fact that there will be four players with Northern Ontario roots skipping in the trials this year. Yeah, I mean, that shows something. It shows that, uh, you know, our Northern Ontario Organization um, Association is doing something right. And, and uh, I mean, we don't have too many curlers in Northern Ontario anymore, but... I mean, I think maybe being from Northern Ontario, because we're so remote, especially in Thunder Bay, like we don't travel to a million bond spills, but I think maybe the the practicing heart is something that's working for people that live in Northern Ontario, because that's what, you know, that's really what we focus on is just practicing heart. And my final guest of this year's trials preview is Olympian Emma Miskew of Team Homan, who are among the favorites again this year and could become the first team to represent Canada at consecutive Olympic Games. Emma, before we talk about this year's trials, I want to take you back to the 2017 trials in Ottawa and have you walk us through that last stone of the women's final when you and the team realized that you were going to represent Canada at the Olympics. Um, yeah, that was uh, an amazing moment, not only um, with being able to call ourselves Olympians at that time, but uh, we were also in Ottawa, um, our hometown, and um, I spent years there, many, many days there watching the Suns play, so um, the building has special meaning for for all of us, and so that was such a, such a cool moment in general. There was tons of people there, all our friends and family that were able to share in it with us. Um, and so you try not to get ahead of yourself, but uh, that whole game, you're in the moment, you're in the moment, and all of a sudden it it becomes real, and um, there's no feeling like that. It, it's surreal, and um, I still get goosebumps when I think about it. Yeah, but there's got to be a part of you that wants to win the trials again as a team very badly, not only to represent Canada at another Olympics, but to get a second chance at earning a medal at the Olympics for yourselves and for the country. Yeah, I think um, it, it's tough to just think that far ahead at this point, but it, the world caliber is so good right now, and all these teams, that, they get their jobs, they are so talented, and um, the mindset of Canada has to go and win a gold, otherwise it's a disappointment. I think it has to be gone. Just all these countries have so much talent now. Um, so I think... For us, it's not looking ahead, trying to redeem what we did at the last Olympics. Obviously, we didn't play the way that we wanted to then, but we also um, were playing against amazing teams at the time that um, we didn't we didn't get the any misses to give us any breaks to maybe put us into a different position either. So we have to give credit where credit's due, and there's a lot of talents at that level. Um, so for us, we want to get back to the Olympics, but it's not just – for unfinished business, that's not what we're trying to, that's not top of mind, that's not what we're thinking of. We're just trying to go shot by shot and try to figure out uh, the best way to win, to, to beat these teams out there because it's not going to be easy. <laughs> 
Now, your team has had a very solid quadrennial, uh, Emma, reaching the uh, finals at the Scotties uh, three consecutive years. Uh, how do you process an event like the Scotties, especially when you lose in the final, so that you can come back the following year and be encouraged at the way you played the previous season and not disappointed at the end result? I think coming second in Canada is actually an amazing accomplishment. Um, and there's a lot of people who look at, like, oh, losing the final, losing the final. It's like, well, we're in the final, though. Um, that's not easy to get there with the amount of uh, amazing teams in the country. Um, the fact that we're in those games means we're doing something, right? So um, there's also other great teams. In the, um, and sure, like a couple shots here and there in either of those or any of those games, maybe it goes a different way. But um, I think everyone can agree Terry Anderson in the last two years played amazing in those two finals, and um, they deserve those wins. So. Uh, we just look at that as well. Like, wow, second in the country for three years straight, that's pretty good. <laughs> um, so we're just, uh, you, you learn from those games and you take it forward, but um, it doesn't, it's not painful. It doesn't hurt looking back at that. It's just like, wow, we got to another opportunity to play in a big game. And then we got to learn something from that. And uh, that's all you can really do. Now, Emma, the uh, last season seemed to end fairly late. At least it was stacked towards the end of the bubble there, playing a lot of important events one after the other. And, uh, of course, with the trials happening this year, uh, most teams or all the teams playing in the trials have to peak a lot earlier than you typically want to peak, which is either at Provincials and or at the, the Scotties. I'm wondering how that's uh, impacted uh, the way you've prepared for this season. Uh, last year actually ended at the same time as it normally does. It just was all back-to-back starting in... February instead of being spread out throughout the year. Um, normally, the last slam ends uh, really end of April, and that was the same sort of situation from last year. Uh, we just didn't get all the reps last year that we normally would have gotten, um, including practice reps. Like, there were curling clubs that were just completely closed for most of the year. Uh, so, looking into this year, we wanted, we just tried to have a good balance of competition and training um, and not try not to burn out with all that before this week starting. Um, but it's not that different than that. It's, a, I think, a full week earlier than the trials was previously, but it's around the same time as the Canada Cup is situated every year except for last year, which is a big event that you usually want to keep at some level for. Um, so it, we just had a mimic that schedule um, and try to uh, just make sure that we're well-rested and but got enough time on the ice and got enough reps as a team. And uh, it is a tough balance. You never know if you're fully doing it right, but uh, you <laughs> you take what works at some events and you try to bring that forward and um, how you trained leading into those can uh, make a big difference. Now, your team played in front of a home crowd at the trials in Ottawa in 2017. This year, it will be Team Dunstone that will be the hometown or home province favorites. What advice would you have for Matt and the boys about being the home team at a trials with all the pluses and sometimes the minuses that come with that? Um, I don't really think that there needs to be advice there. It's um, a really amazing opportunity. It's, um, there aren't really any negative things that come from that, especially in Saskatchewan. Everyone loves curling there. Um, we Saskatchewan's a very fair crowd to begin with, but uh, being able to play at home is just, it's so much fun. The, the crowd gives you so much energy, and um, it's, they're definitely biased. <laughs> they cheer more for you than they do for anybody else. So, um, and honestly, it does give a ton of energy. I can remember one game during the round robin in Ottawa. It was a night draw, and uh, we were down against, a team and we were we were clawing back in and Rachel made a, a crazy shot to win the game and I can still hear the crowd erupting. It was exciting. Um, it was so much fun. Uh, you get like so pumped up just by the way the energy that they bring. So I would say like there's no disadvantages in the way that I see it. It's a really fun experience. Um, and win or lose, it'll be something that they remember because it. You don't get to play at home very often, and especially in an event of that caliber. 
You just mentioned being pumped at the last trials after Rachel had made a great shot to win a game one evening. How long does it take you after a moment like that uh, for the adrenaline to settle? And are you still hopping when you get back to the hotel? And, and is it hard to get to sleep after that? Um, a little bit of a little bit of both. Usually, you can't get to sleep right away, but uh, you wouldn't you wouldn't want to anyways after a game like that. You you get together and you, you we usually would have a snack or something at night before we go to bed. So. And um, we were pretty excited. That's usually you would uh, have to unwind a little bit and <laughs> try to relax yourself after a shot to win like that. And I mean, you all wins at the trials are so important. And we started off, but we lost our first game. So um, to come back and win that game was a very important win for us. And so that, on top of the amazing shot to win from a come behind game, I think we were pretty. Uh, stoked at that point and getting to sleep is probably a little more difficult. I honestly can't remember right now, but I, I feel like it would have been not easy to sleep. And Emma, I'm wrapping up this year's uh, Trials Preview interviews with a couple of behind-the-scenes questions. Uh, the first one being, uh, you know, are you taking a fifth to the Olympic Trials? Uh, and if so, who will that be? Uh, we are not bringing a fifth to the Trials. Um, we're just going to go well, the four of us, and then Marcel Rock is going to be there coaching us. So we're just going to um, – we're not bringing anyone extra. Um, I'm just going to keep it with the, within the team. And my final question, Emma, another behind-the-scenes question. I know that uh, back in Ottawa, even though you were playing at home in the 2017 trials, your team decided to rent a house or an Airbnb to, to hang out as a team uh, during the week. Just wondering what the, uh, what the approach is in Saskatoon. Are you going to be staying at a hotel, or are you going to be doing the Airbnb thing again? Uh, yeah, we're at the hotel as well. We, uh, we thought about it, and we went back and forth, but... Um... Ultimately, it uh, doesn't really matter where you stay, but they do have some um, little kitchenettes, I think, in some of the rooms so we can cook, and that's the primary reason we would go and stay at an Airbnb is just so that we can make some of our meals ourselves. Um, but I think Crow in Canada did want to um, – they did encourage everyone uh, to somewhat, even though it's not a bubble, like just to be careful and to somewhat try to bubble yourself just to – um, limit any possible exposures. Um, I think the, a COVID outbreak at the trials would be very unfortunate. So um, we're just kind of going with that and rolling, <laughs> rolling with it. And um, we always end up just bubbling ourselves anyway. So it's nothing new for us. But uh, yeah, we decided to stay at the hotel. And that does it for part three of From the Hats Canadian Olympic Trials Preview. A huge thank you to all 14 guests that joined me for this three-part series. As for the predictions, all I'll say is that I think one of the skips that won in 2017 will repeat in 2021. Here's to some great curling action in Saskatoon. Enjoy the trials, everyone. I'm Frank Rock, and you're listening to the From the Hat Curling Podcast, part of the Curling News and Sports Illustrated Partnership.